Are you ready for common sense retirement planning advice? Tired of the noise coming out of mainstream financial media that doesn't always have your best interest at heart? Looking for someone who will answer the tough questions that applies to your money? Well, welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. All right, this is again Jeff Bowers with the Plan to Retire podcast today. And today we're going to have a repeat guest from last year. Lee Fangmeyer with Remax Plus in Frederick, Maryland. Lee is a very experienced realtor, and we're going to have her back because the real estate market, I don't care if it's Frederick, Maryland, or Boise, Idaho, or Dallas, Texas, you're kind of hearing the same stories. is absolutely crazy. And I give Lee a tremendous amount of kudos because she was the first person that told me, if you roll back and listen to our old podcast from about a year ago, she was the first one who called it said, believe it or not, in the middle of the pandemic, the uh, real estate market was going crazy. And with that, Lee, glad to have you here and welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. Looking back at that call, you were so accurate about that. What are we seeing now in the market? I mean, you know, we hear the stories, but you know, bring us up to date on things. Thank you again for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Basically, the market is still hot and moving forward. The interest rates continue to be low. So therefore, we are pulling in home buyers who want to take advantage of this buying power that they have at these low interest rates. Numbers that have like a two or a three in front of it, which is just crazy. It's almost like, quote unquote, free money in so many respects. So we have so many home buyers looking for a home unfortunately at the moment our home inventory is a little lower than what we would like so we're all actively working as agents to try to encourage home sellers to jump into the market and take advantage of such high demand and you know it's kind of funny you say that first off on the interest rates i remember my wife and i bought our first house and I'm going to date myself and age myself here, but I remember getting a nine and three eighths fixed rate mortgage. And we thought that was fantastic at the time. That was it. Early nineties, nine and three eighths. My kids are buying homes and they're getting an interest rate in the twos. And that just blows my mind. You made a, such an accurate comment about almost free money. And it almost is because if they're able to deduct the interest, and of course they may not be able to do that depending on their individual tax circumstances, but even if they're not, at two and a half or two and three quarters, the house is probably going to still appreciate three to four percent a year. I don't remember a time in history. Do you know of a time in history when the interest rate was potentially the same or lower than the house appreciation? Can you think of any time? No. And actually, I have statistics for that. And you're right on target with that. As far as Frederick County goes, we have increased in the last 12 months, 5.05% in median home value. And the median home value is at $357,480. So it's just kind of mind blowing. Where it's coming from, just to help give the listeners a little bit of education, the Federal Reserve is buying mortgage-backed bonds in the open market. Because obviously, I don't know too many investors that would say, hey, I'm going to buy a mortgage-backed bond for the next 30 years, and it's going to pay me 2.5% interest. That person to me is almost insane. I know there are institutions, I know there are insurance companies, endowments that are buying these, but don't kid yourself, this is being fueled by the Federal Reserve buying these mortgage-backed bonds. So they're definitely fueling this fire. That's where it's coming from. There's absolutely no doubt. One thing you mentioned too about, I'm seeing a little bit of pushback from people, a concern of say, mortgage rates are low, we'd like to maybe step up, 
but gosh, I'm really scared to list my house because I'm hearing horror stories that I may not have anything to buy. My role as your realtor to make sure that I put forth any and all options for you that might be out there, including new home construction. And I just wanted to touch on that for a second, if that's okay. Right now in Frederick County, we have 233 active listings, only 233. And out of that, let's parse that down even further. Only 90 of those are resales. So those were existing homes that people are selling that they live in versus 143, which are new home construction. And those are homes typically to be built. Yeah. So they're not ready to move in today. I'm working with clients every day who are jumping into new home construction and trying to find short-term rental solutions for them so that we can get going on the sale of their house and then as their house is being built or try to time it between selling the house and moving into their new home construction. And I can imagine, did you ever see a time in your profession where you would actually be trying to help people find short-term rentals just to get the transaction go through? We're always worried about the appraisal and the inspections. Just worried about being able to have a roof over their head for <laughs> six months or so. Hey, Lee, there's a real value add for you. You know, a lot of realtors are offering these free panel trucks to move. Why don't you offer them a free bedroom in the Fangmire house for eight or nine months? <laughs> hey, I could do that. I could definitely do that. You know, I actually thought about that about a week ago, and that's kind of scary that you're mentioning that. Back in my mind, I'm like, you know, what could I do if? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what the fair housing laws are, but if you're a realtor and you own a duplex, you could say, hey, I have an advantage. Come to me as a listing agent. I got a place for you to go live while you're building your house. Charge them 25% above market rent. They're probably glad to pay it. <laughs> Just to have walls and a roof, yes. You mentioned about new home construction. I was on the phone yesterday with a new home builder and developer client of mine in our area, in this area of Maryland, West Virginia. He doesn't go into Pennsylvania, but I mentioned about potentially four lots in Pennsylvania that were available townhome lots. And he said, man, Jeff, I wish I could, but I don't do it. He said, you know what? You can't find anything. He said, we got outbid in a local community where the roads and utilities were in, and they were selling the lots at 55000 a piece. He said, I could only go fifty. And one of the big track builders, I think they paid over 55000 per lot when they're selling the homes for two ninety to three and a quarter. So they're paying fifty five, sixty grand for the lot, 20000 for the tap fee. They're seventy five to 80000 in this lot before they ever stick a shovel in the ground. So it just goes to show how crazy it is on their end, too. So in the last quarter in Frederick County, the county's issued 1,500 new building permits. So at that supply on the market, what's the average time on the market for a house right now? It's days. It's in a move-in ready condition and it's priced accordingly. It's days and sometimes hours. So you're literally probably around a week or potentially less is probably the average. That's nuts. So we're in this problem. If we're a young couple looking at buying and I'm hearing just stories of people who are trying to buy a place and they just keep getting outbid. What do you tell that young couple looking to buy this first house? What can they do to get themselves in a better position to be successful? There are a number of ways that we can educate and encourage buyers to be stronger buyer candidates in this competitive market. First off, make sure that they are in touch with a, an excellent lender who can 
ideally get them pre-approved as opposed to pre-qualified. Listing agents and home sellers are really looking for pre-approvals right now in this multiple bid situation. And then also to ask the lender if there's any way that he could possibly provide any lender credit to this potential home buyer. And then, of course, just get with a realtor like myself who can go over the many different options, how you can make yourself a stronger home buyer in this market. And not all of them are necessarily involving big bucks. You mentioned lender credit. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's first I've really heard that idea. Well, sometimes what a lender can do is they can offer you, and I don't like to move into a different lane that I'm not qualified for, but the interest rate can be slightly higher, and then they can offer you some money in return as far as a credit goes, because most home buyers are not receiving closing credit from a home seller at this time. So that's really turned on its head, isn't it? Because, you know, three, six months ago, it seemed like everybody was getting the closing cost assistance. But I guess if there's five offers and you're a seller, you're going to take the one that doesn't need that closing cost assistance. And then also between the last time we spoke and now, I just wanted to highlight real quick that back then, because of the pandemic, the lenders were starting to add on a lot of overlays or conditions to their mortgages. A lot of those have now been walked back and it's not as cumbersome as far as overlays go now. Also at that time, the minimum credit score that most lenders would consider would be like a 680. And now we're back down for the most part to a 580 for FHA as a minimum credit score. That's a young couple. Okay, let's do the reverse. Let's say I'm a GM demographically mid-50s, house almost paid for, thinking about stepping up. Really familiar people. Not that I want to step up. But if I'm that type of a buyer, what kind of advice do you have for me? Because I've got a lot of things bouncing through my head. I'm not worried about selling my house, but I'm worried about where I'm going to go. And I don't want to move into the kid's basement. I'm working with clients every day. Some of them are moving out of their multi-level houses and building locally so that they can all be, that they can be on one level, whether they need it now or they're thinking about the future. A lot of times they're also moving into that retirement market and they're looking to buy out of state and maybe like down South, like in South Carolina or Florida. So they're looking to move out of state. So I do work with a lot of clients who I help them with the sale of their house, and then I'm able to refer them to somebody in a different state who can help them with the purchase of their new home. Now, are a lot of those folks, there is with the dreaded bridge loan, from a financial planning perspective, us practitioners are always scared to death when we had a client take out a <laughs> bridge loan. But in reality today, maybe there's not as much risk. Are people utilizing these bridge loans because they're saying, look, I don't want to sell my house until I find a place I'm moving to or that my house is constructed as finished. Are you seeing much utilization of these bridge loans again? They can be utilized. A lot of times what the home seller might do instead is actually move into a rental situation where they want to potentially be and kind of test it out for a little while and then move forward with the purchase of their home. That's great advice because I can think of a couple I had a couple years ago, a gentleman retired, husband and wife both retired, and they were going to move to Myrtle Beach. Absolutely loved Myrtle Beach. They vacationed there, and man, they wanted to go live in Myrtle Beach. And they were sell the house here, and they're going to move to Myrtle Beach. And I remember saying to them, have you stayed there longer than a week? 
And they're like, well, no, but we just love it, Jeff. I said, here's some advice. Take this September. September's a great time to be in Myrtle Beach if you can avoid a hurricane. But majority time it is. It's a wonderful time. I said, go rent a place for a month. And they kind of looked at me, a lot of hesitancy and said, I don't think we want to do that. We know we want to move. I said, well, I know it's your money, but just humor me. Go rent for a month. They go rent for a month. Mid-October, they come back in my office. They both looked at me and said, thank gosh you gave us that bit of advice. We hated living in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I'm like, really? He said, we love the visit and vacation. But once we got into the second and third week, we started realizing things that just weren't for us. That doesn't mean our next door neighbors wouldn't love it. They said, but you know what? We're just going to go still vacation there and stay here. Maybe we'll spend a month in the winter, but we don't want to permanently live there. That advice you gave about potentially renting is not a bad gig. I mean, it's the same thing with Airbnb. You think you want to buy a second place? Maybe go Airbnb and live there for four or five weeks next winter and check it out and see if it's what you want. I am continually amazed at the people who are buying a property a thousand miles from their home, sight unseen, and have never visited the community. That's crazy. I mean, I'm at the recording of this podcast this day. My wife and I are jumping in a car and we're headed down I-95 and we're going to Florida for the weekend. And that's one of our reasons. We're going to do an exploratory visit of potentially purchasing a second home. But we're going to look around and is this even an area we wanted? And we've been to multiple areas of Florida. So, But the realtors down there tell me people are just, they're moving out of New York, New Jersey. I mean, we know the states. We see it in the news. Maryland, unfortunately, one of them. Sight unseen. Because they have to, because there's not any time for them to actually come see it because everything goes under contract so quickly. So unfortunately, you have to do kind of the virtual showing and then go from there. I always follow the old adage of hit the pause button and go sleep on it tonight. (laughs) You know, know, and I know, look, you don't want any clients upset and jumping into making a decision because then it reflects back on you and everybody else. I want to get your opinion on something. And this is my personal opinion of how we got here in this situation we're in right now with this really crazy real estate market. And I may be well off base, but I just want to get your professional opinion. I think there's three reasons behind it. Number one, if you look back the last 15 to 20 years, and I don't care where you're at in the country, there have been pretty restrictive development policies from an environmental perspective and local zoning laws that have taken place that it's not as easy for a builder or developer to go in in that bare piece of land and put 50 lots in anymore. Sometimes it's a multi-year process. I think that's number one. We've been building less homes because it's harder to get developable land. Number two, obviously these low interest rates right in the fuel to the fire. But number three is one that not a lot of people know about, and this is a demographic bubble. This is the millennial generation. The sheer numbers, to give people some idea numbers, And Lee, I know you're probably aware of this because you're such a well-educated realtor. 85 million baby boomers, 65 million of my generation right after the baby boomers. But my kids' generation, it's in their 20s, the millennial, there's 90 million of them. They are now hitting the years where they're forming households, buying for the first home, having babies, sometimes not in that order. All this is happening. So I think these three reasons have come at the same moment in time in our country and have caused really almost a perfect storm. 
Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because baby boomers are holding on to their houses longer. And in a healthy cycle of turnover, they would be relinquishing those houses for sale, ideally in this scenario. And millennials would then have the inventory to be able to move forward and move into them. They're not moving forward as quickly as millennial buyers are in need of homes. And, you know, go back a year ago, two years ago, so much talk in the mainstream media, and I don't hear, it's funny how it disappeared, you don't hear this anymore, very much. Oh, millennials are not going to be able to buy homes because they're loaded with all the student debt. And obviously that was being used from an angle of folks that had other reasons relating to that student debt that I'm not going to get into today. But I remember the talk of, oh, we're headed for this catastrophe in real estate in this country because young people won't be able to buy a home. Boy, that has been blown out of the water, hasn't it? I'm not saying there's not young people with a lot of debt who are definitely being left behind in this. I'm not saying that. I know that. However, it's a bifurcation, I think, of happening with these young people. So, and it's a decision for parents. If you've got teenage kids, hey, the decisions you make at 18 of the, where they're going to go to college and the debt they take on is going to have ramifications 10 to 15 years down the line for them. They could be in that group like they're right now being left behind because the rest of the group's moving way forward and buying these houses. I have three adult children. I've educated them all on what the downside is to borrowing for your education and the implications. And the way we've approached it, and I know this is getting kind of personal, but that we will pay for you to go in state. And if you choose to go out of state, then anything above and beyond is something that you would need to take on. It's important to educate adult children as to what the implications of that are. And especially when they're 16, 17 years old making these decisions, it's hard for them to understand it. And it's hard for a lot of parents to understand it. But those three reasons being the case of why the real estate market's going crazy, or three of probably some other reasons as well. If I look at that, the restrictive land use policies are not going away. I think they're getting worse. Yes, interest rates could turn up, and that will definitely soften the demand. But the millennials are not going away. Two of these three reasons, I think if interest rates creep up a little bit, maybe we'll have a healthier market of having higher inventory because things will slow down a little bit. But it's not like this real estate market is not going to still be really good, honestly, I think for the next 10 to 20 years. I'm not hearing anything to tell me otherwise. So yes, I agree. You had mentioned in the last podcast talking about some of the things that buyers were looking for. Has it changed much? And what are buyers looking for today in a house? Buyers are really, they watch a lot of HGTV. And so they really are looking for an HGTV ready home. So they see it, they picture it, and that's what they expect. They're ideally looking for updated kitchens and bathrooms. Something that's moving ready that they don't have to necessarily spend a lot of time and money bringing up to what they're looking for as far as their taste goes. Because of the pandemic, we're looking for more of a demand in backyard spaces and entertaining, whether it be patio or deck or just basically a decent sized backyard for your kids. So do you think a lot of these trends that occurred in a pandemic, I mean, you're hearing people put money in their existing house for outdoor spaces, entertainment spaces in the house, and the whole open concept idea really feeds into it. You think that's here to stay? I think so, because I really don't think in my heart of hearts we're going to go back to really the way it was and that it's going to be adjusted in some way as far as the balance between working in an office versus working remotely. 
I still think unless your job requires you to be 100% in the office, there are going to be more employers that are willing to allow remote work. I mean, we are. Both our offices in Hagerstown Frederick. In fact, I kind of commented to myself, it's scary people, yeah, I do talk to myself during the day. <laughs> Part of it's because there was nobody here in the office. I know. <laughs> I walked around this morning and I'm like, and I'm losing track. Okay, who's on vacation? Who's, and I thought, oh yeah, but we have a work from home rotation where we have people one, two days a week working from home just to keep our numbers down and still be here to serve people who walk in. But we will probably not be changing that much. I mean, I can see us probably still allowing people once every two weeks, once a month, still work from home because it's a lifestyle decision. And as an employer, if we can offer that and they're a good person and they're just as effective, I don't want them working from home all the time. I think we've all seen that that has led to a lot of problems. I mean, I am amazed right now. I always, a couple of things I've said for years, when things get out of whack, watch out. And I'm worried because the real estate market's crazy. I'm worried that business in some ways is too easy. And what I mean by that is you contact someone and expect you to be on a hold for 45 minutes before they can get on the phone. And I'm thinking, who's going to sit on hold 45 minutes? But I won't name a very large investment brokerage firm that I have an online account with and I'm trying to close. Five times over the last three weeks, I've been on hold over 50 minutes and I've had to hang up. I worry that we're pushing things to the extreme, that business isn't flowing and functioning. And I've been impressed with your industry. I mean, frankly, I think the mortgage industry and the real estate industry is still very responsive and doing really a good job in this environment. So kudos to all you professionals in that industry. It's a third of our economy and it's moving. It's thriving. Any closing thoughts of anything you think you want to share with us today? I really appreciate it. I think it's great getting an update on things, but anything that we should be thinking about and if you're a buyer or seller in this environment as well? Just to be patient and know that as a realtor, we're 100% working for your best interest and trying to find you your ideal home. And there is a home for everyone out there. It's all a matter of timing. And so I'm a 100% proponent of that. And we're here to deal hope as far as the housing market goes. I've been involved in several real estate transactions the last year, and I can tell you more than ever do I believe in the power of a seasoned, experienced, well-rounded professional like yourself in the real estate industry, as well as having a rock-solid mortgage broker. The experience today, I think, of the professionals who've been in the industry, and they actually make this their job. It doesn't matter if they're 25 or 55. If it's their true job and they take it as a career and a profession, you're really showing your worth, I think, right now. And not everyone in those industries is like that. There's a lot of part-timers. It looks easy from the outside, but right now you're earning your commission. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But we don't talk about that because it's all part of the process. And that is what our passion is, is helping people achieve their dreams. I always said I never worried about the money because if you like your job and you're good at it, the money will follow. I tell my kids that all the time. Well, Lee, it's been a tremendous having you as a guest today on the Plan to Retire podcast. And, you know, just to reiterate, anything we talk about here today is not necessarily a solicitation of our services. We're just here for education purposes only, and we're not trying to bring you on as a client, but hopefully we did something to brighten your day. And if you do have a question, Lee, where can they reach you? Again, I'm Lee Fangmeyer. 
And that's F as in Frank, A-N-G, M as in Mary, E-Y-E-R. I have to spell it all the time. I'm with Remax Plus here in Frederick. My direct cell number you can call or text is 301-730-0555. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform at Lee, L-E-I-G-H, Sells Homes, and also my website, LeeSellsHomes.com encourage everybody to check that out. You do some awesome video podcasts and I had some neat guests on. Some of our guests on our podcast have come through you. So some of the folks will say, hey, where'd you find that guy? I said, well, Lee Fangmeyer deserves all the credit. Hey, we're all working together, right? That's awesome. That's right. Well, again, I appreciate your time today. And you know, if somebody wants more information for us or has a question, feel free to email us at podcast at plan to retire.com and that's the number two podcast at plan to retire.com and in absence of that i hope you have a healthy day everyone's doing well and remember i always say if you're failing to plan that means somebody's doing the planning for you thank you jeff thank you for tuning into the plan to retire podcast head on over to plan to retire.com that's the number two so plan the number two retire.com To learn more, schedule a no-obligation introductory phone call or to subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll see you next time on the Plan to Retire podcast.